Today's episode of the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Sign up with betonline.ag today and score a 75% bonus to use on this week's loaded betting board. Simply use promo code BOXINGRANT and up to $1,000 worth of sportsbook bonuses will be added to your bankroll instantly. BetOnline posts the most odds on every major sport. Football, basketball, baseball, boxing. You'll never miss an opportunity to get in on the action at BetOnline. Once again, that's promo code Boxing Rant for your exclusive 75% bonus. Sign up at betonline.ag today because you can. It's the pound for pound, undisputed kings. It's the tale of the tape, time to enter the ring. Boxing knowledge dropped by Kenny and Vin. It's the sweet science by the diehard fan. Manny and Floyd, Triple G and the rest. Like an overhand right from Crusher Kovalev. The tale of the tape on theboxingrant.com. It's the pound for pound, undisputed kings. It's the tale of the tape, time to enter the ring. The tale of the tape on theboxingrant.com. Welcome back to the tale of the tape. What up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 71 of the tale of the tape boxing podcast here on the boxingrant.com. I'm your host, Kenny Keith, and it was, I don't know, even how to describe the weekend of boxing that was, but the PBC on CBS, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, it was a new low for boxing announcers, a much maligned profession. The PBC has completely watered it down in this incestual trainers and fighters that work tote the company line and are constantly, directly, bluntly, and blatantly pulling for their guy constantly. The McDonald versus Kameda fight was an absolute disgrace as far as boxing announcing is concerned. But before we get to the action at the PBC on CBS, I just want to remind all of the listeners of the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast to subscribe to the show on iTunes and leave a review. It's much appreciated. And I appreciate you tuning in week after week to the pound for pound king of boxing podcasts here on theboxingrant.com, the tale of the tape. Drop me a line, podcast at theboxingrant.com, and rant with me. I want to hear your opinions, your comments about the fights. You know, hit me up, drop me a line, let's talk shop. You can find me on Twitter at Kenny Keith Jr. And you can follow the show on Twitter as well at The Boxing Rant. But the good thing about the world of professional prize fighting is that things are about to ramp up at about a million miles an hour because there are over a dozen quality fights coming up this week, which is going to be worthy of splitting my upcoming Thursday show probably into two shows. That's how much boxing there is. We're just going to have to wait and see. As of right now, it is a loaded roster headlined by the upcoming pay-per-view 
the Bon Voyage, the farewell of Floyd Money Mayweather as he squares off against Andre Berto. Championship fights galore on the undercard. There's a PBC on NBC card. Anthony Joshua returns to action. Earlier in the week, we have, or I guess earlier in the week, later this week, uh, we have action. True TV, Chris Avalos in a crossroads fight against up-and-coming top Highly rated prospect Oscar Valdez in the featherweight division. Jesse Hart versus Aaron Pryor Jr. Yes, indeed. Mike Reed from the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area right around the corner from here is on the card on True TV in Vegas from Toronto. The PBC on Spike. A Ducknish Chickenson against Tommy Carpensi. And Errol Spence squares off against Chris Van Heerden and Razor Ruddock. <laughs> is on that undercard. And then on Tuesday, a fight that I guess I'll preview it if there's just this high demand that I must, a fight, an unnecessary fight if you ask me, um, considering what has been going on with Austin Trout, him being called out, and the 154-pound division. It doesn't make much sense to even have this fight against good old Twinkle Fingers on toe-to-toe Tuesdays. On the PBC. So we'll get to all that. But there's a ton, a ton. So please stop by theboxingrant.com. Hit me up on Twitter. Updates will be coming around the corner as far as when the next show's coming on. I guarantee a show on Thursday to preview the, pay, the pay-per-view, Floyd Mayweather. Um, that is a guarantee. But there might be another show along the way on Wednesday um, to preview this other stuff. Because I don't know if I can sit on the microphone um, all by my lonesome for probably three hours worth of podcast. I know there's a podcaster out there that goes solo for three hours, but that is like nails on a mother effing chalkboard, yo. Um, all right, so let's get down to business. From Corpus Christi, Texas, a bantamweight title fight, Jamie McDonald, squaring off against Tomoki Kameda, Kameda of the flashy, flashy, flashy type uh, fighter. The Japanese bantamweight based out of Mexico City looking to avenge a decision that he felt he was wronged in. I don't know. But those cards were close in their first go-round. There's no arguing that. The proof is in the pudding. 114 to 113 times three. Uh, That is as close a unanimous decision as comes. McDonald dropped in the third round. Of that altercation. This fight had a bizarre feel to it. And it wasn't so much that it was the fight itself. It was the clowns in the booth announcing it. This was the most poorly, unprofessionally, blatant, disrespectful. uh, uh, Just uh, just takes the words right out of my mouth. How unbelievably annoying listening to this fight was. I had to literally thought about punching myself in the face, dipping my head in a bathtub full of ice water to make sure that I was not going batshit crazy. Honest to God. I mean, listening to these guys, I don't know what the I don't know what they were talking about. They weren't talking about the fight that I was watching. That's sure shit the case. We head to the first round. McDonald pumping the right jab, trying to keep range. Kameda countering in spurts, mostly in the closing minute of the opening frame. This became a pattern for the fight. Kameda flashy, backpedaling. Kameda's boxing 
and moving well in the second round. One, two, three, and shift. He's sliding in and out with impeccable timing in this round. McDonald still has pretty good range, but he looks gun-shy because he cannot predict the explosive bursts from the challenger. I have the fight one round apiece after two. We head to the third. Virgil Hunter is struggling to see this fight. Flat out struggling to see this fight. That much is perfectly clear. McDonald opens the third round, pumping the jab, and his timing Kameda's counters with great head movement and extending the range as need be. I honestly have no idea what Virgil Hunter's talking about at this point because Kameda did not land a single punch in the first minute and 10 seconds of the third round. The announcers didn't mention McDonald's success in this fight until the closing 10 seconds before an abrupt cut to commercial. Kameda landed a few flashy punches in the middle of the frame, but McDonald bullied the smaller Kameda the entire final minute of this third round. But Virgil Hunter and Pauli Malinaji are telling the audience that Tomoki Kameda is dominating this fight, that he is clearly winning this fight. That, uh, I'll get to the uh, whoever this guy was on the sidelines as the, um, as the token scorecard guy. Um, typically responsibilities held for somebody, you know, as, as annoying as Steve Farhood is. I mean, at least the guy has, you know, some life experience in the sport of boxing. Tomoki Kameda in the fourth round boxes well from the outside, but he's flat-footed. McDonald seemed a little sluggish in this round, though. Kameda isn't so elusive that the champ can't catch him, but Kameda is allowed to have success in these unsustained bursts. By the sound of these biased announcers, you would think Kameda is wiping the floor with the champ. I head to the fifth round, and McDonald lands a popping right halfway through that pins Kameda in the corner. Malinaji is announcing this fight like a coach who is pulling for his six-year-old. It'll be interesting to see how Kameda's stamina holds up as he keeps moving and moving backwards this entire fight. In between rounds, Virgil has to do his customary defense of the Mayweather-Birdo fight the token, uh, this isn't as bad as it seems. We get in our shot. Head to the sixth round. McDonald is forcing the issue now. Maybe he feels behind, but this fight is much closer than Team Kameda with the headsets on and the microphones would lead you to believe. Kameda's corner thinks it's super close too, and so do I. Kameda's countering the champ well in the sixth as the back and forth continues. The audio on this PBC on CBS show was Horrible. Heyman must not have purchased the same Southeast Conference College football platinum premium gold plated package that he bought from ESPN, where he gets 17 bylines in a row above all other things in the world, taking priority. Definitely the JV team working the audio for the PBC on CBS again. Corey Erdman. Who the fuck is Corey Erdman? A 27-year-old Canadian boxing writer? Could they find somebody with a bit more experience at life to be the unofficial scorer? Who is this guy? Seriously. I mean, this guy's telling me at one point in the fight that the score is 8-2. to two And is being, oh, just unbelievably dismissive. Like, oh, yeah, this is the score. I work for the PBC now. I can say whatever I want, and everybody will back me up as if it's gospel. Give me a break, man. It's disrespectful to the likes of Howard Letterman, who 
or Harold Letterman, excuse me, who've been doing this for such a long time. Former ringside judges with the wherewithal and the experience in the sport putting this guy on here. That was a horrible, horrible, horrible card. Horrible card. This guy's not a judge. He's got five, six years experience as an adult. Give me a break. Head to the seventh. Kameda show, showing some come forward in this round. Offensive moments for the first time in the fight so far. We head to the eighth, and Kameda closes with another offensive burst to, the, to close the eighth. He's using the Arthur Abraham methodology to win these rounds here in the second half. The Arthur Abraham methodology. Arthur Abraham notoriously stays in the earmuff guard for the first two minutes of rounds, and then basically all of his offensive output come in the close. The final minute to 45 seconds of each round to try to steal them. It's it's worked for his entire career. Kameda is, uh, is, is a fan, I see. Uh, we head to the ninth, and McDonald turning up the dial again in the ninth. According to the ringside announcers and expert unofficial score, the fight's over anyways, barring a KO. Virgil giving the audience a blood color flow splatter analyst analysis of, of McDonald. He must have been a fan of the TV show Dexter. We head to the 10th, McDonald clearly winning for the first two-thirds of the 10th, but Kameda finishes strong with surprising launch points, unorthodox rhythm to his punches, and his combinations are snapping back the head of Jamie McDonald. Virgil Hunter speaking highly of Memo Heredia. <laughs> Let's give Memo Heredia a notorious pumper of the steroids, inflator of fighters. <laughs> Let's give him some positive press on a PBC show. Very strange, but not surprising at all. Like I said before, Corey Erdman, with his fight card of 8-2 to two so far, give me a break. Get the fuck out of here. Pardon my language. Head to the 11th, McDonald. Doing the deal, closing the fight strong. We head to the 12th. McDonald drops Kamado with a huge right hand to the back of the ear. The announcer's trying to make it seem... Like a barn burner. But it was a pretty pedestrian close to the fight. You know, and so was the fight overall. It wasn't as, as exciting as the first one. Sorry, guys. It was a fine fight. It was a competitive fight. Not even remotely great. You know, the habitual hyperbole of trying to make everything that happens on the PBC seem like it's great. I mean, these guys, as announcers, not only were they so unbelievably out in left field, far-fetched and full of shit, but... They sounded so lethargic and lazy. Like, this fight card sucked the life out of them. (laughs) And the main event would nearly, nearly put them all to sleep. My card for the fight, 115 to 112 in favor of Jamie McDonald. The judges, 116, 111. 115 to 112 and 117 to 110, Jamie McDonald. McDonald. Wow. Wow. Looks like I qualify to be a ringside unofficial scorer. Ho ho. Ho ho. Unbelievable. Controversial, my ass. There's too many boxing fans out there that listen to these dipshits on the mic for the PBC. Far too many. The PBC announcers are clowns at best. They are puppets 
script-toting puppets. All of them. All of them. You know what? I apologize to my listeners that normally like the more upbeat, you know, passionate host of this show. But this card just, it just chapped my ass to no end. And it, the announcers just really pissed me off. The whole way that this, this card was handled from the production of it all the way down to the unofficial score to the way that it was announced was a fucking disgrace to the sport of boxing. And you know what? And if nobody else will say it, I will. That's exactly what it was. The Anthony Durrell, Marco Antonio Rubio fight, I almost didn't watch this fight. Anthony Durrell is probably one of the more boring fighters in boxing. Um, he can't compete with young, strong, come-forward fighters, so they pair him with an old, shop-worn middleweight. The PBC pom-pom waivers will say, hey, well, G, uh, Triple G fought him, so what's the difference? Um, the difference is, one, uh, Rubio's a middleweight. Uh, two, and so is Triple G. Um, two, that at the, at the time... Um, nobody would fight Triple G, so his priority, instead of waiting around for people to fight him, was, you know what, I'm going to try to, I'm going to stay active, but I'm going to try to position myself to get mandatory shots um, at these guys that are dodging me. So the way to get to Miguel Cotto, or more importantly, in Triple G's mind, the way to get to the WBC green belt was to be able to get into the mandatory position. To be able to do that, he had to beat Rubio, who held the version of the WBC uh, title that would make him the mandatory to Cotto's lineal middleweight belt. That's why the fight happened. On top of it, uh, Triple G pretty much just flat-out murdered him in the ring in two rounds. Um, this fight, on the other hand, actually was a huge disservice to Anthony Durrell's career, if you ask me. Durrell is about as flat-footed as fighters come. He really is. I said it before. Rubio was flabby. He looked out of shape. You know, Durrell shakes Rubio with a, a, you know, a looping right hand in the first round. And then he sneaks inside the guard, and it clips Rubio's chin. Durrell, his problem in this entire fight is that he has these extended long spurts where he doesn't let his hands go. I don't know what it is, but he just stands flat-footed, leaning back on his back foot, just waiting. He's never the aggressor, always in boring-ass fights. And he, he's just this, like, random counterpuncher. I stopped scoring the fight after the second. I stopped watching the fight after the fifth. You know, I, I don't do that. Anybody that knows me knows I sit down and watch every round of everything. Because that's who I am. And I like taking notes about the fights. There's just something so just, I don't know, man. This was like, I, I, I've been an opponent of the PBC. I understand that. I'd be the first one to admit that I'm an opponent of dishonest business. I'm an opponent of lies. Of I'm an opponent of hyperbole when it comes to, you know, for the sake of public relations to try to manipulate the public into, into thinking they're seeing one thing when they're really not. Um, I'm just, I don't like to be bullshitted. And that's pretty much what the PBC is based off of, is that, yeah, the, the fighters deserve the respect of training hard taking the risks and getting in the ring and fighting. I'll never take that away from them. But the production of the PBC is, 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 is largely disrespectful to the intelligence of boxing fans. Um, and I think that fans of the PBC kind of insult themselves. <laughs> Honestly, they really do. I mean, you're being manipulated and lied to for the sake of what they want to tell you. And the sad thing is, is when I see boxing fans on Twitter and Facebook who repeat what these idiots, these shills, these blowhards, 
who announce these fights who repeat what they say. Fucking make your own opinions, man. Start a podcast. Seriously, have an opinion. Develop your own unique thought. It's fun. Trust me. This, the PBC continues to put on crap like this because what I'm starting to see now is outside of the diamond in the rough, Luis, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Leo Santa Cruz, Abner Mares matchup, outside of a diamond in the rough, I mean, it's shit. And it's, be, it, it's sucking the life out of me, and it's sucking the life out of this show. I mean, I'm getting to the point, if this continues with the PBC, I'm, I'm, I'm just probably going to stop covering the fights. And it's not because of the fighters in the ring. So what I'm going to do, my first step is going to be to try to mute the fight so I don't have to listen to the BS, so I can literally just give an honest assessment of the fight. So I don't get distracted by the bullshit that comes from the PBC scripts. Honestly, if you don't believe me, go back and watch the fight and listen to these morons. Don't even watch the fight. Dear, oh dear, the PBC on CBS chaps my ass. <laughs> oh, it's all good in the hood. It is all good in the hood. All right, I want to take a break to send a special shout-out and a very, very, very special thank you to the sponsor of episode 71 of the tale of the Tate Boxing Podcast. Looking to maximize your sports betting bankroll? Then sign up with betonline.ag today to claim an exclusive 75% bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BOXINGRANT, and up to $1,000 worth of sportsbook free plays will be credited to your account instantly. Once you're in on the action, you'll see firsthand why betonline.ag receives an A grade. Bonuses on every qualifying deposit, the earliest opening odds in the industry, state-of-the-art live betting software, the highest parlay and teaser payouts on the planet. You get odds on football, college football, professional football. The season is here. Get your deposits in and start playing the action. Hoops around the corner. Baseball playoffs around the corner. MMA, boxing, just about every other sport. You get the highest parlay and teaser payouts on the planet. That's just a sample of what is waiting for you at betonline.ag. Thanks to a large list of banking options, including credit cards, getting your account up to speed only takes a few minutes. Most importantly, when it comes time to get paid, (laughs) you get your winnings always delivered on time. Remember, to score your 75% bonus, use promo code Boxing Rant. That's promo code Boxing Rant and sign up at betonline.ag today because you can. All right. Thanks to our sponsor, betonline.ag. Now we move to the LA Fight Club from the Belasco Theater in Los Angeles, California. In the opening bout, Chimpa Gonzalez looking good. Impressive knockout victory in the second. Big left hook, dramatic finish. Uh, the father of his opponent jumps in the ring. Couldn't find the towel. Um, Chimpa Gonzalez showing, showing some power. An up-and-comer. A young, young fighter. I think he's still a teenager. Everton Lopez, the two-time Brazilian Olympian. He looked horrible. Snuck out a win on tight cards with a majority decision. He was in 
tough. Those scorecards read 75-75, 76-74 times to Tienda put Lopez down in the second and then dropped him with a lead right cross again in the fifth. Tienda looked all right, but Lopez looked he looked slow. He looked like his reflexes were dulled, you know? Like like he couldn't react um how he wanted to. Like his brain was saying punch, come on, but his body wouldn't do it. Um you know, he escaped with the victory, but I tell you what, Everton Lopez has got to uh, got to pull it together. 4-0, one knockout. You know, maybe he's just one of these amateur guys that, I don't know, that just won't be as good as, uh, <laughs> as he's hyped up to be. I mean, you know, fighting guys that are 2-6 and six and 6-2 six and two and, and, uh, and going the distance. Now, Omar Tienda was, on, you know, an undefeated fighter entering this, uh, this be- uh, bout with Everton Lopez, but, yeah. I don't know. I'll have to wait and see. He's got a lot of hype behind him, that's for sure. Well, who's got a lot of hype behind him? Diego De La Hoya squaring off against Jesus Ruiz. De La Hoya is one of these guys in the Golden Boys stable, young, exciting fighter, who shows me improvement in every single fight. Um, Always impressed with Diego De La Hoya. Um, Every little bit on every little, uh, you know, detail that he does in the ring from power to shiftiness. Um, he worked, his jab was much improved in this fight. His effective, his effective aggression, utilizing really good hand speed, um, and punched in combination really, really well. You know, I was impressed mostly with his counterpunching. He was highly effective in spurts. I like to see him implement it, but, you know, sometimes as a, if, if you're going to take on, more responsibilities as a counterpuncher, that means that you're allowing your opponent to throw more punches. So it's not, it's not advised. Not everybody can be uh, Floyd Mayweather or Juan Manuel Marquez. But needless to say, uh, Diego De La Hoya um, came out not unscathed, though, after getting cut in the seventh round by an elbow, but his corner was able to close it up. He finished the deal. My card in this fight against a tough Ruiz, a uh, Ruiz of... Leo Santa Cruz, <laughs> I don't know if you want to call it fame, but uh, fought him on the undercard of, of uh, Berman Stavern, uh, Deontay Wilder back in January. Actually, you know, Ruiz is one of these opponents that we were talking about in the lead-up to Santa Cruz Mares that made uh, Santa Cruz look more pedestrian than, than what he probably actually was. But um, this was a good step-up opponent for De La Hoya. My card, 190. The judges, 190 times 2. And 99 to 91. That's right, 99 to 91. A unanimous decision for the top prospect of the fighting De La Hoyas, Diego De La Hoya. All right, so that's all the action I'm getting into from this past weekend. Um, the PBC does their toe-to-toe Tuesdays tomorrow on Fox Sports 1. Uh, perhaps the most hostily taken over <laughs> of all of the monopolized networks. Um, Fox Sports 1 had a deal with, uh, with Golden Boy, and uh, you know they were paying Golden Boy for boxing, and then Al Heyman came along and said, here, hey, you know what? Don't pay for that. I'll give you a check. And they're paying Fox Sports 1 for that time slot as uh, basically pushed Golden Boy um, online. Yep, online and on HBO. That's where you can find Golden Boy now. Thank you, Al. Thanks, Al Heyman. I appreciate it. So instead of getting L.A. Fight Club, we get Austin Trout versus Twinkle Fingers Joey Hernandez. This fight is wildly unnecessary. 
J-Rock Julian Williams has been calling out Austin Trout for a while now. J-Rock is a transitional prospect. Like, he is on the verge of, of being a breakout star. There's no doubt about it. Okay, he's one of my top five prospects in all of boxing. But nonetheless, he just destroyed Joey Hernandez. Austin Trout is a former champion. What? Why, why is Trout fighting Twinkle Fingers? You know why? Because they want to get the audience at Fox Sports 1 familiarized with Austin Trout. And then in an upcoming, in just a few weeks, upcoming toe-to-toe Tuesday, PBC, J-Rock get, returns to the ring. And this looks actually like one of the first, one of the first times that something's actually going to lead to something else in the PBC. Um, and then they'll probably have an all- FS1 toe-to-toe Tuesday showdown with uh, with Trout and J-Rock Julian Williams. Now, that's a fight that interests me. That is a fight that interests me indeed. Jorge Lara, the undefeated rising talent, squares off against Jesus Rojas in the undercard. Um, yeah, not much to say. Lara's somebody to look out for. He's got some talent. Um, one of the more exciting young fighters in the PBC stable. Um, in the smaller weight classes anyways. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's PBC toe-to-toe Tuesday. So just to move to a little bit of news here, that doesn't even warrant a prediction. That's how lopsided that fight is. Trout should wipe the floor with them. So in case you're wondering, where's my prediction? That's my prediction. Pain. Um, news and notes, Bradley versus Rios is official, but it's not going to be at the StubHub Center. It will be on the campus of the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, the Thomas and Mack Center on November 7th. I, I'm assuming that Vasily Lomachenko is still rumored to be on the undercard. Have to wait and see. Um, Guillermo Rigondeau apparently will be entering the next phase of his, of his life. It'll be a new day, a new chapter, as he is apparently free from his contract from Gary Hyde on September 15th. But as it is in boxing, the fighter thinks that his contract expires on this day, and the manager on this day. How this has not been clarified time and time again, this is an age-old tale between promoter and fighter. No, I thought it ended on this day. I thought it ended on this day. Oh, well, we can't remember the conversation. I probably should have wrote that down. Give me a break. New day, my ass. If he takes him to court, you know, Rigo's going to have to go to, like, Siberia and fight. Um, (laughs) I think it's so funny that the Rigo apologists out there have no clue that Rigo did all pretty much all of this to himself. The guy's a stubborn son of a bitch. If he returns, who cares? I, you know, if he returns to the ring, good. Well, fight Lomachenko. Fight uh, uh, Yuri Gamboa. Fight somebody exciting. Fight somebody worth a shit. You know, don't go fight some, like, top 20-ranked Thai fighter nobody's heard of ever in Japan. Seriously. And stop bitching and complaining and making excuses about, oh, well, this, that, and the other. Lomachenko said we have a fight at 126. Go up and fight him. You think you're the best in the world? Just go up and fight him. Who gives a shit? Stop nickel and diamond. You have no fight. You have nobody to fight. Beggars cannot be choosers. Cannot be choosers. All right. Well, it is a shortened episode 71 as the PBC on CBS just rubbed me the wrong way. Plus, there's not much to talk about. Um, I guess I could have previewed the PBC on Spike and the true TV card, but that is for another episode because I'm going to go a little bit more in depth because there's some decent fights on the PBC on Spike TV on Friday. 
Um, we have Adonis Stevenson versus Tommy Carpensi, Errol Spence versus Chris Van Heerden. Errol Spence is definitely somebody to always, always watch. Um, Chris Avalos and Oscar Valdez do the deal on True TV. That should be a really, really interesting fight. Uh, Jesse Hart versus Aaron Pryor Jr. And yes, indeed, Reed squares off against Antonio Canas in the undercard of Top Rank's True TV series. Um, that'll be good stuff. And then, of course, Saturday, we have Showtime pay-per-view. Floyd Mayweather Jr. versus Andre Petro. Uh, Badu Jack versus George Groves for the WBC 168-pound strap. Roman Rocky Martinez defends his WBO junior lightweight crown against Orlando Salido. And earlier in the day, I, I don't know if it's been added to the actual televised portion of the pay-per-view or if it's on regular Showtime. My understanding is that it was on. it's supposed to be on regular Showtime airing before the pay-per-view coverage starts is Vonis Martirosian versus E. Shea Smith in a junior middleweight clash. Then earlier in the day from Connecticut on the PBC on NBC, it's Jermall Charlo versus Cornelius Bundridge. In the Al Heyman, here you go, Jamal Charlo. Here's your belt that I promised you fight against an old, aged Cornelius Bundridge. Either way, um, for a title, Peter Quillen squares off against a stripper, um, Michael Zarafa. Animal status, hashtag fighting animal status. Straight up, hashtag Chippendale's son. Um, maybe that's what he means by animal status. You know, like the Chippen, Chippendale chipmunks. I, I don't know. Um, Hugo Santeno Jr. returns to action also on that card. And then from London, England, it's Anthony Joshua versus Gary Cornish. And apparently the tickets are selling like wildfire over there. He has become an attraction in such short time. Um, a lot of the pundits over in the U.K. would say that Anthony Joshua is a hype machine. I would say he's 100% the truth. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. But he is selling tickets over in the United Kingdom. Um, I will have announcements for the very next episode of The Tale of the Tape, but Thursday's episode is going to be a big one. So tune in for more action on The Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast. And, um, well, folks, subscribe. Get the show notes for the episode at theboxingrant.com backslash podcast and subscribe to the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast on iTunes. Leave us a review. I appreciate the flattering reviews that we've gotten. I really I really do. It's humbling. You guys rock. Keep tuning in, and uh, I will try to keep my spirits up as we try to tr uh, trudge through the sludge uh, and the piled-up hazmat, um, hazardous waste that is the PBC. Um, but you know what? Maybe one day they'll start telling the truth and let the fights speak for themselves. But <laughs> don't, don't keep your fingers crossed. That's for sure. Um, yeah, so subscribe to the show on iTunes. Leave us a review. Give me a shout. Podcast at theboxingrant.com. Love to hear from you. Um, you guys can comment on my bitching and complaining about this PBC on CBS card. Feel free. <laughs> Feel free. I'm always down for a good back and forth. Uh, no diggity, um, no doubt. But that is going to have to do it for episode 71 of the Pound for Pound King of Boxing podcast here on theboxingrant.com. I'd like to thank all of you for tuning in 
to another boxing podcast. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. I'm your host, Kenny Keith. Follow me on Twitter at Kenny Keith Jr. You've been listening to the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast here on theboxingrant.com. Drop me a line, podcast at theboxingrant.com. And stop by theboxingrant.com for all the archived episodes of the Pound for Pound King of Boxing Podcasts. Use that promo code BOXINGRANT at betonline.ag and get your 75% bonus. Get your popcorn ready. BetOnline.ag, promo code BOXINGRANT. I'll see you all in a few days as we have a million fights to cover. So until then, I thank all of you for tuning in to another episode of the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast here on theboxingrant.com. Muchas gracias, everybody.